1: edition of inside the firm i'm with lance regular man wario psycho wario if you see him on youtube you'll see why uh i am your co-host alex gore and to kick things off i want to do a shout out shout out to architect to builder at architectsguide2.com this is a course we've been talking about for a while it's a course lance and i made it's a course that sets you up to take the transition to leap to uh extend your revenue by building some of the stuff that you design and create. Uh, you already have a good handle on it. There's a couple steps you need to do. And I, I mean the design. A couple steps you need to do to manage that project to create more profit. And we show you there at ArchitectsGuide2.com. Go take a look. Check it out.
2: I actually have a shout-out. Before I get into the the sponsors here who helped bring you today's podcast, shout-out to Joe Ophoff. Uh, he is a one of our newest fans. And uh, he says, it's been a while since we talked shop about projects. I hope you've been doing well. Even though it's been a while, I feel weirdly that I know you better than ever. I have no idea that you and Alex had a podcast. And Alex is great. Look at that. Yeah, and Alex is super handsome. Just kidding. I didn't say that. (laughs) I have been listening for a couple months now, working through the sizable backlog, and you guys are awesome. I've become a bit of an inside-the-firm evangelist. So uh, I really appreciate the perspective and information. Keep up the great work. Joe, thank you so much. That encouragement really helps us keep going. Yep. uh he's from
1: scott home inspections we y- have we used yes so um i don't know if they're national or not but th- th- if they are they are great to work with they, uh, they do are easy efficient yep. and uh good fair price they do home inspections they do
2: hers ratings they do energy services so they can do the uh, i uh, i think they can do the manuals manual yes, j s and d yep very reasonable uh for uh competitive pricing And then rental inspection. So give them a shout. Give them a a shot. Uh, Just a free plug here. Go to scotthomeinspection.com. That's scotthomeinspection.com. Tell them we sent you and uh, you're off to the races. This episode was also brought to you by Pella Luxury. Pella, Pella. Pella. Experience experience a collection of brands that brings your creative vision to life. The luxury division of Pella is a world-class collection of brands, including Duratherm, Riley, and Benelli. All pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. During this holiday season, we know how important it is to step back and spend time in gratitude. We appreciate all of our clients trusting us with their projects in a record-breaking year. We are excited and ready to take on the new year. The luxury division of Pella doesn't push beyond the limits we set them explore Pella Luxury.com forward slash the firm. That's Pella luxury forward slash the firm. Please do that because uh, if you visit that link specifically with the forward slash the firm that shows that we are bringing people their way and they will continue to support our show, which supports you. Uh, this episode was also brought to you by Arcat. If you haven't used Arcat cat spec wizard before, now's the time spec wizard is a patented tool that allows you to specify a product in just three steps all for free and without even registering. Step one, research and find the right products for your project on Arcat.com. Step two, use the Spec Wizard tool to select products and options. Step three, generate a complete three-part CSI or CSC specification based on your selections. That's it. Again, Spec Wizard is free to use and requires no registration. Just head over to arcgat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com today and try Spec Wizard. Al, back to you.
1: All right. Uh, let's go over. I have an idea. If you are not having a Christmas party, we're going to go over our Christmas party and maybe you can, I think you still have time to directly copy it. Even if you are a sole proprietor, I have a, uh, you know, like when they do exercises, like what's that guy with dancing to the oldies. My mom used to do that all the time. Keep going, okay. They didn't do this in <laughs> dancing to the oldies, but I know I've seen it on TV. I know what you're talking about. They're like, Hey, you do you I do just, the push ups. Oh, you can't do the push ups, you do it on uh, your knees. You do push ups on your cool. knees. You can't do that. You, you just, I don't even, you do wall push ups, you know. Mm-hmm. So, whatever that is called, an amendment, right, to a party, mm-hmm. I think, I think you can still do it. So, what we do every year <clears throat> is that we rent a limo. We do a very cool activity and then we go visit some project sites, right? So if you're a firm of four or 10, not doing anything right now, man, call up a limo company, say you need it next Thursday, uh, take everyone out, get some beers in there, get whatever. Get we actually sodas. need a blimo now, a bus slash limo because yep. we are grown. And then if you are a, a small, per, like a single person, man, maybe just that's your day to go around to job sites and just look at it. And then, or maybe you you partner up with someone that you know that's uh, soul, another sole proprietor. Um, you go to each other's different uh, projects. What, you if rent you, Uber. what if you have
2: your favorite engineers with you? Oh,
1: rent an Uber and, per- and interior designers. Like you just make it a whole thing. Yep. There you go. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit more into our details because we haven't had the time to talk about it. Right. So just <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Lynn- yeah, we have. He what he said. Okay,
2: fair enough. Al, we haven't had time for the details, but. We, we complimented you, each other. Everybody, I want everybody to know this. We complimented each other this year because like, wow, we are
1: on the ball. We, we have this booked like three weeks in advance. Yep. We, we did, which was great. Which was great. So anyways, tomorrow, Limbo gets here at 830. Yep. We'll have everything ready to go. And first project we're going to is the DeCono build project. Okay. Um, spend some time there. Walk around. Show everyone. Then after that, Ivanhoe. Nice. Then after that at 11 a.m. paintball, nice. Okay, then paint. How long do you have paintball rented for? I think it's only an hour. Okay, and that trust me, you're. That's all you want is an hour. That's all you want. Then after that, all I have is pizza lunch question mark. So like somehow like people, someone will get on their phone and we'll order pizza or go pick it up or something like that. Oh okay, that's. that's we'll figure it out. We'll know. figure it out. Yep. Then after that, uh, Pine Hollow. Um, and then if we have time on the way back, because that one's in the mountains, we could stop by Reed street on the way back. Cool. And then we're going to drop people off in Denver, the rest in, in Longmont. That's the party. That's the party. Yeah.
2: It's a good time. So we, we let loose a little bit. Uh, we always bring a cooler with beverages, um, and, and hang out. And then, uh, the, I think my best part is the the best, my favorite part is, uh, is actually going and seeing all the, all the, all the sites. The site visits, right? So, where we have buildings actually being built, whether we're building them or not. And it sounds like we're doing three, but maybe four tomorrow.
1: One, two, three,
2: possibly four. Possibly four. Yep. Yeah. So cool. You should do that. Life is short. Treat yourself. Uh, why, why, were, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, I can't afford it, like just, I don't know, there's other cheaper ways how to do it or something like that, maybe. But, um, if, if you're not, uh, you can't just work the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Life is so short. You're, you really got to like, what's the point of working so hard if you can't take some time and enjoy the fruits of your labor? Exactly. You know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. I think it'd be cool even if like you're a single proprietor. Yeah. Uh, let's say at 11 o'clock or whatever, drive home, decide, hey, I'm going to get some food. I'm going to call an Uber. Take a six pack. I don't know if you can drink in Ubers. I am officially <laughs> recommending it right now. <laughs> Something like that. You go to a couple project sites, come home, have it drop you off. Had a good Friday.
2: Yep. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, on to some other news here. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see my screen. And so uh, I actually ended up subscribing to this. Uh, the, the, now I get emails every day because I, I really appreciate what NAHB does. Right. So the, they're the National Association of Home Builders. And I really appreciate the kind of data they are willing to share with us regarding economics. So the article I have pulled up here is called the title is 25% of new single family homes are infills or tear downs. It's a
1: lot more than I would have expected.
2: And that's exactly why I brought, that's exactly why I wanted to pretty much read it to you, Al and the listeners, because I think it's staggering to think about. Wow. Right. I would have thought it was 5%, honestly. Yeah. It's pretty substantial. Um, and, and, so, okay, so into the article here. According to the latest annual builder practices survey, one in four single family, de- one in four new single family detached homes were built in established neighborhoods in 2020.
1: Can I do the breakdown for people? So, if you can't see it, yeah. Um, let's go from left to right Pacific, which is California, Oregon, and Washington, it's 38%. Uh, the mountain region, which is the mountain region, is about 23%. Um, and then in the Midwest, there's two different Midwest's. So from Minnesota over to basically the Dakotas and Nebraska is 19%. The other side of the Midwest, which is Wisconsin, uh, uh, Ohio, things like that, 19%. Um, New York area, Pennsylvania is 39%, which you would think. Um, past New York, up there, New England area, 48%. Oh, that's the highest. Uh, then you have the South Atlantic, so south of Pennsylvania, All the way running all those, basically the south half of the 13 colonies, 21%. The next states in before you hit Arkansas, um, Louisiana, and, and Texas is the central south is 26. And then Texas, Oklahoma, and those other two are 25. So yeah, I mean, you do get up into the 40s up in the... It makes sense up there, but twenty five percent is a lot.
2: Yeah, even in the Midwest. So like uh, the West Central, West North Central, so North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, all the way down to Missouri and uh, Uh, Kansas Kansas and Nebraska. Yep. Yeah, nineteen percent. So they had the lowest share of that, right? Um, So I'll kind of went into uh, why why that why that was happening, like or the map wise, right? But. The article kind of goes on to say, market share of homes built on infill lots greatly or varies greatly by geography with a share of tw- nearly 25% in New England, you know, uh, the Middle Atlantic and the Pacific, but barely 12% in the Midwest. Teardowns follow a similar suit with a share of 10% or more in New England and the Pacific and East, South, Central. Um, so I think what, what I wanted to, why I wanted to just, I think it's a staggering number to, to think about, right? Um, because you would think, cause you keep hearing uh, all of these alarms going off and these buzzwords again about sustainability and climate change and, and that we're, we're building all the farmland up, you know, but I oh, don't, it doesn't look true. like
1: that's yeah. the case. It does not look like that's the case. That's, yeah. that's happening at all. Um, and then anyone that thinks that we are taking up too much land, I will take you on a 10 day drive <laughs> through. <laughs> not a joke. Uh, easily not a, a joke in terms of 10 days. And you, and they're and every road we will go on there will not be a house that is more than 1 per 100 acres there's that much there's that much land yep so people are that's how, that's just kind of and
2: tell me this doesn't have, this isn't remodels this is, this is brand new road. single family these are, these are new these are is back to the article one in four new single family detached homes were built in established neighborhoods in 2020 yep wow cool yeah. Um, so what, what, what that correlates to, I think is, uh, I, I, I I can only speak to two different cities where I know actually three now where this typically happens, where, where this, what I'm about to tell you again, typically happens, right? There's Portland, Boulder and Longmont where we operate. What they've done is they said they've put a ring around the city in each of these cities, Boulder and Portland did it first. And what they did is they said, here's the water ring. So if you build, if you try to build beyond this ring, you can try, but we're not going to serve you water. Right. So uh, you, you might have to drill a well if you even can in certain areas, you can't, right? And then what Boulder, what Boulder said, Boulder said, we're going to go one step further than that. We're going to buy up all this space, just the, the farmland, basically the cattle land, you know, grazing land around the city with city money, 99 year leases, and uh, you can't build there. It's called open space. And then we're going to dedicate it to just like hiking trails or, or just nothing, just nothing
1: no well i mean they're basically farms right now and then some of them secretly hope that they just go back to literally uh prairie land so you've been to the national grasslands in colorado it's literally where people shoot there's there's nothing but maybe critters out there and that's what they hope goes it goes to even though like just an hour away you can go to literally i think that's bigger than vermont all of vermont the national grasslands yeah Um, uh,
2: and then in Longmont, what they did is they didn't do a water ring net per se, but they did a they did the land ring around it. So I can't speak for all of these other places and, and why they're experiencing this lack of developable land outside of the cities that it, the cities that they can expand because that land is always cheaper on the edges than it is on the inside of a city. Yeah. So what this really means in the end is this trend points to once again, possibly artificial scarcity Mm. of land. And therefore, if you're going to create artificial scarcity, you're going to create with with the actual demand coupled with prices are going to go up.
1: Like they're just not going to go down. Yeah. 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 The second order effects of your decisions might make other priorities harder to do like affordable housing. Yeah. Yep. Um, I got something. Uh, I want everyone to be aware, at least talk about, at least think about, look up, Uh, and not be gaslit about natural gas. Nice. So the reason why I think that this is important is because uh, one of the steps to a quote-unquote more sustainable future is electric cars, at least in in my belief, because they have the ability to take from more renewable resources than ice cars, which is uh, industrial... Internal combustion engine. Thank you. Thank you. Because those only run off a couple things where... Uh, an electric car could run off of anything from fusion power to fission power to wind power to solar power to dam power to natural gas power to coal power to uh, i mean you could do gas power you could have a plant that lights you gas an, you, well <laughs> sure. you could just have a generator but, in your house and charge up your car exactly exactly so you have more of an option and the reason why i think that is important is <clears throat> what we are then building as an infrastructure those plants For that are now going to be used up in cars because i made a prediction i think it's very very true that by 2030 half of the cars that will be bought will be uh
2: electric cars yeah so like let's say there was a million cars that were sold in the united states what he's saying is half of those yep
1: yeah yep not that half total that's impossible right 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 so that means in i think maybe you can look up how many cars are sold a year can you look that up all right i'm your jamie um thanks jamie uh, so, I think it's 8 million. That's it. Uh, let's see. Wow. Well, seven. let's look at the
2: rows here. Statistica is saying uh, mm, yeah. something about 2017. Why didn't they get it? There, there, there it is. There we go. Ah, that's all they gave us. So, so, it went up
1: to 2019. 2019, it was about 17 million. 17 million. So, about 7.5 million cars, right, are now going to be plugged into the power grid. That's a lot of cars doing a lot of things. Cars are, have you picked up a battery? Have you picked up a battery and redone your battery? Like they are very heavy, right? So they need a lot of energy. So right now there is a movement in California, New York, and in Longmont and other cities to either overtly or subvertly ban natural gas. And
2: that word subvertly is critical here because I will show I will talk about an article shortly here after Alex kind of finishes up. There's overtly New York City
1: is doing it subvertly we're seeing a different trend. meaning they will delay your permits. they will they will basically make it so slow that you can't get it through or cause you problems. I have seen city council people write in emails
2: quote, "We will make it harder on you if you choose to
1: heat the buildings with natural gas." Yep, or even just think about water, just you know your
2: oh water. on-demand
1: water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I'm thinking. So so now, not only is this might clog up the system and create an artificial scarcity or power grid failures for cars well, exactly. in the future, which are generally in the direction that you don't. I'm not saying to buy electric car, but if you have the choice in the competition and if you want one. Yes, I'm I'm doing it. That's totally fine. So you have that that's causing a problem. But then also in the immediate term, let's just say you say, hey, I want to be full sustainable. So one, you should probably be for nuclear then, right? Um, But two, that's going to take a while. So in the meantime, do you want more things burned from coal or do you want more things burned from natural gas? And here's what I'm getting at is that natural gas emits about half as much carbon dioxide as coal and 30% less than oil, 30% less than oil. So if you're saying, Hey, it's good to ban natural gas because we'll just do solar and, and, uh, wind and, and so other stuff. And if you think nuclear, like it takes so long to make one of these plants, especially to go through these fourth generation plants that they're making, you, you will literally be extending the life of coal longer, Exactly. which is worse than doing this intermediate step because you just, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like, what is this effort? Why is this happening? Is it just, this is bad? Like, why would you ban? If, if, if you're holding the stance, there's no
2: nuance to the thinking.
1: Yeah. Why would you honestly, if it was, Hey, we want green. Why don't you ban coal? Like, honestly, why, why are you doing natural gas? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you ban coal then? If that's what you want, yeah. because it is, if it's, Half as much carbon dioxide. It means coal is twice as much producing uh, uh, negative producing emissions than natural gas. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, it's, does it Doesn't make sense to me. Well, exactly, I don't buy it.
2: Exactly. So, it's it reminds me. So, uh, we, we, the United States is, is one of the richest countries in the world, right? So we have all we have we have we have a lot more time on our hands and we're not trying to pull po- people out of poverty like somebody like places like China. So you got to really keep perspective on this. So I just I just googled China builds coal plants per week and then I pulled up and it said last year China built more than three times more, three more than three times more new coal capacity than all other countries in the world combined equal to more than one large coal plant per week. It's a lot. That's a lot. Right? So um why why are we why are we hurting ourselves when there's this it seems like we've been given this nice intermediate step which is natural gas so where i was going with this was is cnbc came out with this article and they said this was just uh, yesterday uh wednesday december 15th 2021 new york city is banning natural gas hookups for new buildings to
1: fight climate change and this is why i'm confused it's like let's say let's I, I'm on your team to fight climate change. Let's say that.
2: Who doesn't why want? Are, who already, doesn't want? Who doesn't want a clean planet? Who doesn't want to leave a better planet than their than their than their kids? Nobody. No. No. There isn't anybody out there. Yep. I mean,
1: maybe one person. Sure. Sure. Yep. That's fine. So it's like, hey, I will. I will hold your hand and we will walk forward. And you take out a gun and you shoot either yourself that's, or that, me in that's the foot. The, that's the analogy like, I was looking for. Why are we? Why are we shooting
2: ourselves in both feet?
1: Yeah. I, so, and this is why it's so scary too, is because not only did, did, do I want to hold your hand? Hey, I want to buy an electric car. I want to put solar panels on. This is all cool. Uh, We're holding hands. You take out a gun. You're aiming at my foot and your foot. And now I'm like, why am I on your side? (laughs) What is happening here? Or, 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 or why are you, why are you being this dumb? Yep. I don't know how else to say it
2: yep so the key points uh, of this article I won't go in deep more than just the facts New York the New York City Council on Wednesday voted to pass legislation banning the use of natural gas in most new buildings uh, under the new law construction projects submitted for approval after 2027 must use sources like electricity for stoves space heaters and water boilers instead of gas or oil if they as Alex pointed out this is the critical point. They're not building new nuclear plants at the rate at the speed that they're going to be able to keep up with this extra electricity that's going to be needed coupled with all the cars that are coming online. What do you think they're going to where do you think they're going to get it from? They're going to extend the life of either coal coal-fired plants or actually natural gas. So what you're doing is you're you're taking it's like your tailpipe it got extended. You've heard sure. this analogy yes. before. Yes.
1: And and here's what's so crazy about it. Like what you just said, but all I don't think people realize Add on to Lance. How hard it is to build a factory. It's extremely hard to build some sort of plant. Really hard takes a lot of time, a lot of capital, right? Now take that with how slow and how in chunks those come. With once you build a factory and actually do for cars, what does it shoot out? Literally per hour. Cars per hour on the dot. Tesla does it. GM does it. Ford does That Ford F-150 with the frunk. I mean, come on. Now you have 10 plants shooting out cars, and then you also have to go, oh, we have to build a whole new plant. That's going to take a long time. And there's, oh, we could substitute with natural gas if all these people could heat their water with natural gas, and then they could use their solar panels for their car. Oh, we banned that. We banned that. Oh, what's happening? Why is there this blackout? Because we're idiots? Like, how are we this smart and this dumb at the same time? I know exactly. No, no. And so the last third point
2: is the bill would cut about 2.1 million tons of carbon emissions by 2040, equivalent to the annual emissions of 450,000 cars, according to us. But again, you're extending that that tailpipe. What I wanted to bring up regarding the emissions was, um, I'm on now a different article here. It's called uh, U.S. Natural Gas Leads All Energy Sources in Carbon Emissions reductions let me repeat that u.s natural gas leads all energy sources in carbon emissions reductions this is a two-year-old article but it's by a dot org energy in depth uh there's many other sources if you don't believe me you can look up that this is the actual these are the facts these are the truth um so the the little graphic they have up here uh basically points the picture paints the picture very clearly the shift to natural gas for electricity generation resulted in 50% more emissions reductions.
1: 57.
2: Then... What did I say?
1: You said 50. 57. 57
2: almost seven. Almost 60%. 57% more emissions reductions than renewables from 2005 to 2018. So, this natural gas is the stepping stone. I, I, but even so, like, the wind doesn't always blow. The sun doesn't always shine. And so... You know, this idea of just solar panels and wind turbines alone is not going to cut it. We we really, really, really need to start taking seriously the idea of bringing back nuclear in the fourth generation or the fifth generation. I don't care, but we're, you're not serious about climate change and solving the problem if you aren't talking about nuclear,
1: while at the same time you're saying ban natural gas. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean... I want to hold up the Crowder, you know, change my mind. Change my mind. Go ahead, email me, akg at f9production.com um, if you want to. But it, it doesn't <laughs> seem like a good idea. I mean, I just don't, I don't see what points you're going to pull out. Um, yeah. Because basically what you're going to say is, hey, this this emits carbon. So if we ban it, it, there will be less carbon. But their only replacement is things with more carbon. And to say that, you're going to replace all of that natural gas with only stuff that doesn't have carbon is not true. It's Bingo. just not true. It's just not true. You and can say the words doesn't mean it's true. And his
2: name is Al Gore. Just oh, in, that is my name. Just in case you forgot. Yeah. Um. We had a special guest on last weekend, and uh, time time, and then in between then and now, I I don't know I don't know if I I would say it's because of this podcast but it it seems like it's like a causation correlation doesn't equal causation however it might it's a, i mean maybe there's a coincidence here elon musk is back again after winning time time man of the year how did you get him
1: to be on the podcast i, I ripped a video off twitter oh, okay okay good, good to know let's hear from him
0: you know a lot of the push for higher government involvement and expropriation of assets mm-hmm. by the government is really pushed by a bunch of politicians who are actually saying um, that resources shouldn't be in, in control of people of, of, of private individuals. They right. should be in, in control of the government. They're yeah. basically saying they want control of the assets. I mean, I think in terms of things that people should perhaps get upset about is like I think getting upset about excess consumption is a, a thing to get upset about. But it, uh, you know, if somebody's just wasting money on personal luxuries in a crazy way, you know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not Warren Buffett's biggest fan, frankly, right. but. You know, he, he sits there and he reads all these annual reports, which are right. super boring. Does anybody want that job? I think most <laughs> people do not. I don't want that job. Um, but like he's not he's not like uh, engaged in like ins- insane, conspicuous consumption. I, so you have to say like, OK, sure, he's got a high net worth, but does it, he's doing a useful job for the economy, you know, and he's very skilled at it and should probably keep doing it.
1: So he he said in another quote, why would you give more capital to uh, someone to allocate capital that's proven bad at it the yep. government ver- and then take it away from someone that's not and 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 to just simplify which i think everyone got is people like warren buffett there are people that spend lavishly and crazily and stuff like that and don't need to th- sure rappers agree with that <laughs> there, there you go um but warren buffett lives in the same house he's lived in since let's say the 1970s drives the same car drives the Eats same car. same
2: lunch every day Eats, you know um, that, right? Big,
1: yeah. Prime rib and a Coke. That's yep. what he eats. Um, and his his biggest luxury, which we, he will admit, is uh, he has a plane because he travels, because he reads these boring things, and then he goes and all that. And he's like, I just couldn't handle all the, the travel. I'm, I'm sure he's like 87 now. It's totally I have no fair, idea.
2: man. Jeez, at some point. Yeah.
1: So he is really good at capital allocation. So keep it in their hands. And I didn't know that this was going to be the clip that Elon Musk was going to personally send you just for you to Lance to put I on. I mean... But it it goes it links into the entire point the first point second point of our show is they're making a capital allocation and an energy allocation yes. decision and the reason why I am upset is because I think that they are poor at it and should stick at the fundamentals because it could lead to dire consequences when it's something as vital as energy.
2: Yes, and it's objectively true what Alex is saying. if you 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 cannot tell me. When when you listen to that, that that is that is not objectively true. In every single, even if you're left, even if you're left of center, I, I guarantee you, you, agree that like the government spends
1: money, they just piss it away. And can I use an analogy to the extreme to maybe prove the point? So California, and I won't use California as an example only that it came up in in the Entree architect Facebook group of how long it takes to do an ADU. Right? Oh yeah. So, what I'm getting at is this natural tendency of the government to bog down processes. In the reason of, hey, fair freedom, you know, they want it to be more. They literally think that it will give people more resources if they handle it, which I don't think is true. So, here's the example. Mm. Housing crisis is such a crisis that the government now needs to become in control of all residential buildings. Okay, who are you going to put in charge to do that? Oh, let's put the head planning department people in charge. Oh, who? Let's just say the largest cities. So let's just use Colorado because we're in Colorado. Denver and Boulder Planning is now in charge of all housing, construction, and development. Would that be in a year the same, better, or worse? And if you are in architecture and deal with them, you know it would be worse. You know it would be worse Unless you're just dealing with uh, some county that's just fine and great and that happens all the time too. But like if you have worked in in those cities, in California cities, and New York cities, you know that it would be bogged down. It would not be a great solution. It would literally be like if you handed yourself your second year architecture thing and said, yeah, make this on, make this, uh, on an efficient budget. You'd be like, hey, second year me what are the thicknesses of these floors and what is this made up? How are you spanning between these things? What is all this wasted space? Like that because it's, they just don't have that real world experience to allocate it efficiently and do it in, in a good way because it's literally centralized planning and doesn't have the experience to execute on that. So that's the analogy from the architecture world. Now, man, if they are allocating and, and regulating to that extreme energy or just basically banning it, like, you're going to gum up the system. You're going to gum up the system. Uh, a- a- Alex sent me, like, at
2: six, 6 o'clock this morning or something, he's text me uh, this link to a Wall Street Journal. Uh, so I mean, Elon's been doing all of these interviews, right? He got, he got Time Man of the Year. Like, I totally think he deserves it. So does Alex. But <clears throat> anyway, he sent me... So he's been doing all these interviews. So there's a lot of content from him. He did an interview with Wall Street Journal. It was 30 minutes I listened to it. Or It was probably more than that, but whatever. I listened to the 30 minutes of it. And the analogy I love that he made about this was he says... Look, he goes. I'm not. I'm not taking a libertarian standpoint to the extreme where I don't think there should be any government, right? What I'm doing is, is I'm taking. I'm my stance is that the government should not be a player; it should be a referee. That's it. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It shouldn't be on the playing field. Yeah. The the government only should be a referee, right? Yeah. No, it's so funny. The, um, and here's uh, and here's why banning gas when they ban gas in New York City is beyond a referee, because they're 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 telling the players I- exactly they're they're interfering
1: interfering with the game such that they're starting to be a player. Yeah. Uh, libertarians would never take this position because a lot of libertarians that are deeply committed are are very purist. But I think it would help them if they said, "Yeah, we want the government out of every, you know, basically everything." And then people always say, "What about the roads?" If they said, "Oh, besides the roads, yeah, the government can build the roads." Yeah. Then people would be like, "Well, oh, okay." Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay.
2: I, look, I'm one of those purists, and I, I'm okay with that. I'm saying like, sure, they can have the roads. It's two percent of the budget. I don't care. Yeah, it, that, that like, it's never a. Pr- it, and honestly, the purists that that should be they. It should never. That should that little argument about the roads should never fumble them up. It should never fumble you up because you because it's such a minuscule part of the problem. It's like well, who,
1: who cares? It's the roads. Here's the other thing. shit. Speaking about that, it's like you are are stopping your political party um, and I'm not advocating for the liberals <laughs> because of this one thing and it's just like banning gas it's like oh my god you are shooting yourself in the foot for this purest idea that doesn't work in re- reality
2: is messy reality is messy yeah it is it's rest messy it's gray which means that's why we need to throw everything we have possible at climate the the climate change problem like you can't just pick and choose like we got it all hands on deck if it's that serious if it's that existential problem if the, if i believe what the media is saying tomorrow is everything's gonna fall over then nothing can be banned like we got to just figure it out yep lance right.
1: believes the media that's uh, a psycho yep uh so let's just hard transition <laughs> into are jeopardy all after right. that and bring down the crew Question one. All right. How many degrees off of 90 uh, is considered, is a wall considered a roof? Okay. You guys got my little boop there? That was for the visual people. Is it A, 10 degrees? B, 80 degrees? C, 45 degrees? D, 60 degrees? And you should know that this part is in the wall code. I know. They did not replicate it in the roof code. Okay. We have A and C. The correct answer is D. 60 degrees. Huh. Which would have been weird. 45 would have been a great one. Because it's like, ah, you're halfway. Huh. you halfway. So you know? It
2: takes it to be a 30 degree.
1: Yes. For a wall to be, a consider- wall yeah. be considered. Yeah. And Lance. But there are plenty of- Correct. (laughs) Okay. Correct. Um, So, Lance, once you make your A-frame house, you can't call it an A-frame until it's at least 60 degrees. (sighs) A lot of pressure. Huge amount of pressure. Uh, Question number two. Crawl space vents. This is oldie but a goodie. Crawl space vents need a net free area of one square feet for each X amount of square feet of crawl space area. So, how much crawl speed area equals one square feet of net vent area. Make sense? Is it A, 100 square feet of crawl space, B, 150, C, 360, or D, 300? Good question. Great question, me.
2: For every X one, every X,
1: I think I know. D and B, is that a B? B is 150, that is correct. Nice. 150.
2: All right. Number three, the shift away from coal to what energy source for electricity generation resulted in 50% more emissions reductions than renewables from 2005 to 2018? I'm going to repeat that. The shift away from coal... To what energy source for electricity generation resulted in 50% more emissions reductions than renewables from 2005 to 2018? Is it A, clean coal, B, natural gas, C, nuclear fission, D, nuclear fusion?
1: I will laugh at you if you write one answer. Clean coal? Nope. Nope.
2: What do we got? C? C,
1: the correct answer is B, natural gas. Yep. That is a Nice. Um, Very correct. I would have laughed at uh, fusion because that doesn't exist yet, really. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, You mean fission? Nope. Fission is out. Fusion is in. Fission is what all the nuclear plants are right now. Okay. Fusion is in research. What do we got?
2: What do we got? Two, one, two, one, one, one? Dang. Uh, Number four, France derives about what percentage of their electricity from nuclear energy? A, 33%, B, 50%, C, 70%, or D, 90%. Look at Ross, fervently fervently writing. We've got D, we've got C. The correct answer is C, 70%. Good answers. Okay, I think Katie wins.
1: Where are we going to eat tomorrow? (laughs) Hefe's! (laughs) We might be in the wrong city, but great answer. (laughs) Uh, That is all I have. If you want to check out transitioning from uh, an architect adding the services of Builder, go to architectsguide2.com. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Please leave us a five-star review on
2: iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and we will see you next week.